the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt. Our podcast is sponsored by Alliance Defending Freedom. ADF provides help at no cost to those whose liberty is being violated, but they can't do it without your help. Call 800-691-8969. That's 800-691-8969. Or visit townhallreview.com. Former U.S. Ambassador to the U.N. Nikki Haley was on with uh, our friend Sean Hannity the other night. And uh, I thought this was a, a pretty good riff, an exchange between the two of her on one of the uh, elements of her book that has made a lot of news. And that is this idea that uh, Rexon, that's uh, our name for Rex Tillerson, yes. faded in people's memory, I think. But uh, Rexon, former Secretary of State, former Chief of Staff John Kelly, had come to Nikki Haley and wanted to enlist her as supporting their efforts to change the president's mind with respect to certain geopolitical decisions. And uh, Nikki Haley recounted it uh, this this way. I did tell the president and I did tell the national security advisor, H.R. McMaster, and there were others that knew of my concerns um, in the process. And let's keep in mind, I mean, what I have said is this wasn't that these guys thought this was a rogue president. This was that these guys disagreed with his policy. They disagreed with us getting out of the Paris Climate Agreement. They disagreed with us getting out of the Iran deal. They disagreed with moving the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. So when the president was charting a different course, and really giving us a strong hand for America and for our friends, they just thought that he was going in the wrong direction. And so when they sat me down that day, they were attempting to tell me that if I would work with them, they were trying to save America and keep people from dying. But we saw when the embassy moved from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, the sky is still up there. It didn't fall. And we didn't see casualties. What we saw was a courageous moment by the president that many presidents had tried before that was very successful and it and it acknowledged a fact which jerusalem is the capital of israel see that's really important and this has been an underreported piece of this the actual policies on which kelly and rexon disagreed think about those what she just mentioned moving the u.s embassy in israel to tel aviv the iran nuclear deal and the marxist climate accord uh we got to get into that uh, we're pleased to be joined by Nikki Haley, former United States Ambassador to the United Nations, of course, uh, former governor of South Carolina as well, author of the just-released book, With All Due Respect, Defending America with Grit and Grace. And uh, she's going to be in town, Naperville, a week from today, uh, November 20th, at North Central College at 7 p.m., where she'll be uh, signing books and giving a talk. And I'm actually am seeing that appearance, um, so long as she doesn't get too upset with me during this interview. Oh, I... <laughs> Ambassador Haley, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Good morning, Dan. Good morning, Amy. Great to be with you. Good morning. And I, uh, I hate to be the one to break it to you, but um, you didn't make Hillary Clinton's gutsy women book. 
So I don't know if you if you're still reeling from that snub or well, not. She just wrote just, her own book. I just, you know, yeah. I have I literally was up all night upset about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm it's sure. Been a I'm sure. Um, I want to pick up on uh, the uh, comment that you made on Hannity there, the clip that we just played, because it's not it's not just important to to know that uh, Kelly and and Tillerson were disagreeing and trying to change the president's mind in certain areas. It's important to know what those areas were. And uh, those areas that you described are not just areas with popular support among Trump voters, uh, but areas that he campaigned on very specifically and very demonstrative, uh, demonstratively. And and so should have been no surprise to Tillerson or Kelly. Well, and it's not only that, Dan. I mean, that was just three of the issues. I mean, there were multiple issues that it just, you know, Rex and the president were always headbutting on. But, you know, that's what a National Security Council is for. You know, all of the members of the National Security team would get into um, the Situation Room. We would have these debates and discussions with the president. Everyone had a chance to air their grievances. But when you come out of that room, whatever the president decides, it is our job to follow. Every one of us served at the pleasure of the president. Every one of us served the American people who elected this president. And so if there are issues like that, to go install something he's trying to do or to go and try and divert something he's trying to do, I mean, it was just, it goes against the Constitution, it goes against the American people, and it, and it was wrong. And there were many times where the president was very frustrated and would send me to do the work because he couldn't get it from the others. And that's why I went to Vienna and um, went to the IAEA that was inspecting Iran um, nuclear weapons. It's why, you know, he would have me get up there and give speeches or do certain things because he just couldn't get the others to do it. And now uh, John Kelly has responded essentially saying, well, like if if she's accusing me of putting in processes to make sure that information flowed in an orderly manner to the president so that he had as complete information as possible on a particular topic so he could make as informed a decision as possible, then I plead guilty. My sense is that you're not confused about uh, what Kelly was doing versus what Kelly was saying he was doing. Well, Dan, with all due respect, I don't get confused. Let's be clear <laughs> on that. Right. Um, having said that, but what I, you know, the thing is, that's what the national security meetings were for, was just that, to have that process. But when we walk out of that room, that is when we are supposed to implement what the president's going to do. And, and really, in the book, what I talk about is not just those issues, but it's just um, multiple behind-the-scenes processes of what went on, not only in the White House, but at the U.N., um, and conversations and issues that the president tried to push, but also issues or challenges that had nothing to do with the president. And so, um, you know, it was it was a challenging time. I spoke up when I needed to. I pushed hard when I needed to, but it made for um, just a tough situation all the way around. Well, do you think Rex Tillerson and John Kelly were trying to form a coup against President Trump? I don't know that I would go far and say something like that. I mean, in their mind, you know, I think that they were patriots and that they wanted to serve their country. The problem was they just thought they knew better than the president. And, you know, as someone who's been elected um, as governor, I have a great respect for people who go through the process and are selected by the people to serve. And if I had had someone in my cabinet trying to undermine me, it would be terribly difficult. And so I just I felt bad for the president because we saw this happening. Multiple of us were trying to 
to stop it and push through anyway. Um, but there were often times that Rex was at odds with the president that put me in the middle, and I typically agreed with the president on, on most things. And so I don't know, I wouldn't call it a coup as much as when they sat me down, it was a shocking attempt to say, look, you know, we're trying to save the country. We need you to help us do that. This is a situation where, you know, we don't think the president knows what's best. And, you know, it's just offensive. Is uh, is part of this uh, President Trump's fault in this sense? These are personal choices that he made. And if you want to drain the swamp, if you want to be at least in part a bit of a political revolutionary in terms of culture change inside the Beltway, then picking Fortune 100 CEOs and career military officers probably isn't the aren't the best sources for your political revolutionary types. Well, you know, I actually um, appointed quite a few military officers when I was governor to serve under cabinets, and they make great leaders. I mean, they they realize there's a job to do. They typically go and do it, no questions asked. This was an unusual situation. John Kelly is a patriot. I mean, he served, his son served, yes. and I have great respect for him for that. Um, Rex Tillerson was you know, great in the corporate world. And I was excited when I heard he was named. I think when you put business people in those types of positions, typically they do well. The problem is when you have egos get in the way, doesn't matter what your background is. You know, when you look in the mirror every day and say, oh, I should be president, there's a problem. And, you know, and and that happens. And so, you know, I and and to the president's um, defense, and I say this only as, again, as a governor who appointed cabinet members, you you hire who you think is going to do the best job, but at the end of the day, you just don't know until they're in it. There's no way to know exactly what's going to happen. And so um, I think a lot of us held out hope. There were times where Rex and Kelly did a good job, but there were a lot of times where they just were didn't appreciate what the president was doing. Now, yesterday, GOP strategist Steve Schmidt was on CNN, and he talked about how you are likely going to replace Vice President Mike Pence at some point before the 2020 presidential election. What is your response to that? Amy, that's just not true. I mean, I, I've said this in every way I possibly know. Mike Pence has been a loyal soldier to the president. Um, they are strong together. I believe they're going to win together. Um, it's That's just not the case. And, you know, Mike just went and um, got their team on the ballot, I think, recently in, in New Hampshire. And so I think that um, you know, we've got a team that has served strong and served well, and my hope is that they continue to serve, and I don't anticipate anything to be other than that. I think the problem that you're seeing and, and what I've finally come to realize is when I speak up, I've always tried to speak up for truth. I don't think about who's going to like it, who's not going to like it. I just try and speak um, from my gut. And I think there's some people who don't like what I'm saying, so they're assuming there is an alternate um reason for that. And it's not. It's the fact that when I was writing this book, I didn't want it to be a political book. I didn't want it to be a policy book. I wanted it to be a personal book that referred to politics and policy in it. And that meant, you know, telling everything and telling everything so that the reader would know exactly what it was like to be in the White House, to be at the U.N., to be governor, um, to have a family, um, to be a woman in those areas. I tried to give every perspective, and I think when people sometimes don't like what they read, they try and find excuses for it. Uh, Before we let you go, uh, fresh off Sean Spicer's long run on Dancing with the Stars, is that in your future? 
I'm more interested in that no. than the presidency. <laughs> no. Have they approached you no. yet? Not yet? No, I love what Sean has done. It was so fun to watch him have fun. And, you know, it was just, it was good for him. It was good for him on a lot of different levels. But what great spirit he had in it. And um, But, no, you can rest assured there is no way I would do that. And my children <laughs> would kill me if I ever thought about it. She is Nikki Haley, former U.S. ambassador to the U.N., former governor of South Carolina. The book, with all due respect, she's coming to town a week from today, 7 p.m., North Central College for a talk and a book signing, and uh, we look forward to having you in town. Ambassador Haley, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. Look forward to seeing you, Dan. Take care. Hey, thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt. Our podcast is sponsored by Alliance Defending Freedom. ADF provides help at no cost to those whose liberty is being violated, but they can't do it without your help. Call 800-691-8969. That's 800-691-8969. Or visit townhallreview.com.